Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This week on Popgaze, we talk Emily in Paris, Bachelorette Australia, and gay couples at school formals. Hi, I'm Jordan. I'm Charlie. And I'm Aurelia. And welcome to Pop Games. A pop culture podcast for postmodern queers. For postmodern queers! (laughs) Hello, my little sunshines. Happy 10th episode! Oh Oh my goodness! We did it! Yes! It's our centenary. Is it? (laughs) I don't know. I thought that meant a hundred. Look, I've never watched the cricket. I don't know <laughs> what this shit means. Don't it's come a, for me. It's our tenery, maybe. It's our yeah. tenery. And even in the cricket, they call it a century, not a centenary. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that fitting? Oh, God. <laughs> we made it. We did 10 episodes. Who knew? Who yeah. knew? Wow. Incredible stuff. I'm very proud of us. I am too. I'm proud of us for, like, doing something in these unprecedented times. Truly. <laughs> we made it work. We did. How's your week been, guys? What have you What have you done? How's your week been, Jordan, Miss Birthday Girl? Oh, my God, thank you. I was, I was fishing for it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, how's anyone been? Anyone had any significant dates this week? Any huge milestones for anybody? <laughs> no, it's been wonderful. I turned 27 on Tuesday, or as I like to call it, 40. <laughs> no, I turned 27. I had a really good time. My family and I have a, like, crossover point in some random park, so we met there and had a really freezing lunch and everybody wanted to leave but nobody (laughs) wanted to say so and I was pretty drunk so I couldn't feel the chill and so (laughs) they were all kind of like okay well we better wrap this up and I was like no we got another like hour before we have to leave but we did end up leaving and then I came home 
and I watched The Way We Were starring Barbara Streisand and Robert Redford, who I didn't know were actually sleeping together during the filming of that film. Oh, good on them. Sexy. Yeah. The chemistry between them, it's, it's incredible. And I ate a kilo of prawns and I did something that starts with the letter M and ends with the letter A and I had a great night. Oh. Thank you. You went to Mona. The exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. I and sure you did. looked at the wall of vaginas. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the shit machine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good night. And I don't, like, I'm usually vego, so having a kilo of prawns really, like, I think I'm still dealing with the repercussions of that. Oh, wow. That's a lot of crustaceans. I loved your picture that was just you with this, like, cavernous bowl of, like... <laughs> I should oh post the photo because I I was like just take a photo of me and I kind of like roll with the um shit aesthetic on Instagram. I'm like not having aesthetic is my aesthetic, mm-hmm. but my housemate is not about that. And I was sitting there, and I was like just take a photo of me holding the prawns in front of the DVD, and she's like no 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 no, and she staged it with all these like plants around me. I could tell. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like percent. some effort went into this photo, and I really appreciated it. I liked yeah. it from both my accounts. It had like the golden ratio (laughs) and and Kayla took a video of everybody setting it up and like Alex um on his boyfriend is holding a ring light over my head oh my god (laughs) and I'm just like (laughs) pouting it's what we've got to do to stay relevant in this absolutely and there's about 46 photos that no more than that there were so many photos taken and now I can send them individually as Christmas cards that would make a great Christmas card because of the prawns alone I think (laughs) Yeah, it's very It's a very, like, Christmassy. Yeah. Yes. Have you guys seen The Way We Were? No. No. My housemate actually recommended it, saying it was one of the most romantic movies she'd ever seen. After, I disagree with her in terms of romance, but then again, maybe not. Like, the chemistry is really good, mm. but they're just, like, they just go through some shit and he's terrible, but also she's annoying. <laughs> But sometimes I'm like, is she annoying or is it the patriarchy? Is it a musical? No, no, it's not. But she does sing the title song. Okay. I'll watch the title song and then I'll yeah. leave. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. She sings the title song like four to five times in it. Like it's the backing track. So she it opens the show with Barbara singing the way we were. And then it like throughout the common theme throughout the whole movie is just they keep playing the way we were in the background. <laughs> and then it ends with the way we were as the credits. Oh, wow. So they've bookended it to keep the gays like me, like... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's the song again. Yeah, yeah. You will watch the entire fucking thing. Yeah, and it is long. Wasn't Barbara Streisand also in the original A Star Is Born? She was in A Star Is Born, but the original was some random actress in the 30s. There was the 30s version, and then there was Judy Garland did it in, like, the 40s. And then Barbara did it in the 70s and then Lady Gaga. I remember hearing rumours that Beyonce was going to do it like years ago. And I think that's the one we wanted to see. (laughs) But she's not a good actress. I reckon Beyonce's an alright actress. I loved her in Goldmember. (laughs) 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 But but who would be cast like opposite her? Because Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper had such good chemistry. Yeah. I mean, there were rumours that they had a reason he split up with his... Girlfriend slash wife. When I married, live in house guest. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that. I don't know who would play opposite Beyonce because they would just be like outshot. Yeah. Did you guys see The Lion King, the remake? No, I, mean, I love myself. <laughs> <laughs> I controversially was really moved by it and I'm not ready to talk about it yet because everybody bullies me. But the only thing that stood out was like, I was like, that's definitely Beyonce. Like whenever Nala spoke, I was like, that's just Beyonce being Beyonce. It should have been an actual live action. The whole point that the stage musical is so successful and beautiful is the amazing costuming and dancing and the way that they anthropomorphize all the animals. But like to just make it CGI animals, it's like, what the fuck? Why did you, (laughs) what's the point? Did you see Black as King? No. No. Uh, If you have Disney Plus, it's just the album that accompanies that movie. But it's just so visually beautiful and the dancing and it has Blue Ivy and the other babies, Rumi and Sir. Nice. (laughs) See, that sounds more like what I'm into. Like, I, I would have rather, like, the actual film be that kind of style. Mm. Beyonce knows how to do a fucking visual album. Let's mm. there's no denying it. This one is next level. I'll watch it before next week and I'll tell you how it went. I can't imagine not liking it. I literally like everything that Beyonce does. <laughs> you know how there are some people who are like, I just can't see criticism. I'm so amazed all the time. Yeah, that's me too. Mm. Once this is all over, I'm actually getting a tattoo of a bee. <gasps> <gasps> yeah. And it's like it's <laughs> it's linked to a few things. Beyonce is one of them, obviously Queen Bee. But it's also like where I grew up. It's like on the flag. There's a bunch Aww. of bees because it's like oh. honey country. Um, I love that. <laughs> but mainly Beyonce. Yeah. Are you sure you're not cottagecore yet? Like that? <laughs> I think deep down I'm I'm like a city cottagecore person. Absolutely. I loved your photo today, Aurelia, of you and your girlfriend in like the ferns. And it was very like... <laughs> It was cinematic. <laughs> I uh, forced my housemate to take these because I was like, hey, Simon, can you quickly come and take some photos of us before I have to start the podcast? And <laughs> because I've been working out lots so now I can lift my girlfriend up really easily. <laughs> yeah, you're oh, fucking buff. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I could not fucking lift my boyfriend the life of me. <laughs> she could lift me too. I'm pretty sure she can do that, but um, it's more. I think the roles are reversed. I'm the lifter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's got to be, like, forget genders. you got the lifter and the lifty, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it is right now. Mm. Did you guys, uh, I don't know, there's just this, like, little show on Netflix that's oh, been um, my God. sweeping the world. <laughs> And before we get into this, I just want to say it has been approved for season two. Season two of Emily in Paris (laughs) will be coming to us in no time. Okay, so let's talk about it. Your thoughts. Go. Oh, my God. So, like, let's just at least signpost where we're at. I'm halfway through. I've just finished episode five, and there's ten episodes in the first season. But I'm completely fine for you to spoil it because the show itself is just... You can't ruin what is already ruined. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody cares if you spoil it. You're still going to watch it. Like, it's, it's yeah. wild. it traps you. It's so shit. And I watched the whole thing in a moment. Yeah. I watched, like, five episodes by myself. And then yesterday, my girlfriend was like, I want to watch it too. And she started episode one. And I was, like, doing some other work work on my computer <laughs> okay like researching clothes and I yeah. just laughed at it and then eventually we like caught up and then we watched like three episodes together and we're up till 2 a.m <laughs> oh my god 
And I honestly have not seen a show in such a long time where I didn't like any of the characters. Yes. Outside of um, Camille, the yes. French. Mm-hmm. The girl that they're like taking advantage of. Yes. <gasps> so oh my far, God. I still really like her. Everyone else, I'm like. It's the most hateful bunch of people. No redeemable characters. Awful. Awful. I. And the outfits. I'm sorry. It's oh disgusting. God. It's like someone described a millennial <laughs> to someone yes. who just come to Earth and then was yes. like, and now we need you to design yes. <laughs> clothes for this show. That's what I said to Josh. It's like one of those like script generating robots. Yes. It's like <laughs> yes. it's trying to like approximate teen speak. It's like is this what the kids are saying? It's so out of touch. It, oh, oh my God. God. It makes no sense. She's a fucking social media influencer, but she has 48 fucking followers. Are you fucking kidding me? Stop. Stop. Oh, my and God. She, like, and there's this, like, I, I don't know if you're up to it yet, Charlie, but there's this, like, the, you get to, <laughs> you get to the thing where there's, like, this new fashion label and they've got some, like, guerrilla marketing campaign. Yes, I've seen that. Episode. Oh, it's so lame. It's, it's so, it's so everything about this show is so shit the thing that it comes down to is that emily is a deeply flawed person but the way that they write her and the way that lily collins portrays her is as if she's the everyman as if she's like all of us and we really like empathize and get her but we don't because you keep telling us she's a great person while showing us all the shit things she does so Mm -hmm. entitled as well like it just reeks of like that vibe of like we are the central figure we are the the bringers of intellect and just the idea that like a 2020 French advertising marketing company that they need this like random little influencer girl from America to be like, honey, this is how you hashtag. It's just so embarrassing. (laughs) And I really don't like the way (laughs) like all her colleagues are portrayed to be so mean. Of course, like, yeah, Devil Wears Prada is so similar in terms of like, oh, they're all mean, but then they get along and it also plays into that but the moment when she like uses google translate to speak to the social media manager and she just runs away it's like you couldn't think of anything better and she's been there for like months and she doesn't learn a fucking bit of french she can't do anything like when she's like going like for a walk with that guy from the party Mm. they're like saying things they like about each other and he's like i like this about you gem Mm -hmm. this gem that and then she's just like gem your eyes (laughs) (laughs) she arrives and says bonjour i'm like yeah Yeah. it's like she's going out of her way to make it tacky and horrible the bit that i literally cried laughing at and i've been quoting it all week is when she steps in dog shit and she's like oh merd i stepped in dog shit (laughs) i'm just gonna let me say that to everything anytime anything goes wrong in my life i'm just gonna be like oh merd I don't know what they wanted this to be. I think you're right, Charlie. It's an algorithm script. It's like <laughs> Netflix just went, ah, uh, this and this and this. Now make this kind of show. Yeah. And they did it and it's and it's a success. It's number one in Australia. <laughs> like and I watched it. Yeah. It's so addictive, despite everything. And also I have this like little newsletter I send out from time to time. And like two or three weeks ago, I sent out a thing that had like three little stories that are generic tropes. And one of them was literally fashion student just graduated, was always really popular top of the class. Now she's in a new firm and she's like struggling. And like, it's the exact same trope. (gasps) 
Aurelia, I think they took your story and they <laughs> ran with it. <laughs> but I also included two other little tropes and I think we'll see them very soon. One of which is the one with like the boy band type boy who's like, really popular every woman loves him for some reason though he just can't find the one until yeah. he falls in love with a waitress who doesn't know who he is yes this is we some love fan fiction <laughs> and then she's like i don't know who you are i just love you for who you are and then he's like but if you really knew who i was you wouldn't love me and then she gets to see who he really is and she's like i don't know how you could want someone as simple as me and then he <laughs> says that's all i ever wanted um. <laughs> it's Simple. too real <laughs> and then they live happily ever after and he becomes a stay-at-home dad the end <laughs> that's season Bye. two of emily in paris it's coming i just yeah. don't know what they're gonna do for season two kill her off because it's such a joke yeah they kill her oh my god if she dies episode one. <laughs> but i don't want it to become self-aware though i want it to stay as shit <laughs> Yeah, it's the worst she thing I've ever seen. She stays in Paris. Um, she starts her own agency. And all the other American girls she imports have to have in Paris as their last name. So it's ah. like Stacy in Paris, Courtney in Paris. Ah. I was actually thinking of changing my Instagram name to Aurelia in Paris. Yes, I think that would it. be so funny. Poofs in Paris. We're going to all... in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. The other thing that bugs me about her is that she keeps talking about how she separates her professional and her personal life. She's like, I keep that separate. And I'm like, you don't have a fucking personal life. Mm. You have no friends. You have cyber sex with your boyfriend in Chicago with the doona up to your neck. Your neck. (laughs) I hated the boyfriend storyline so much because as soon as you met him in that very first scene where she's like, I'm going to Paris and it's just for a year, we can make long distance work. It's just like, you've got, it's got the energy of like Orange is the New Black. I was literally thinking the same thing. I was just like Piper. Yeah, exactly the same thing of like, we know that she's going to break up with him and there's going to be a sexy new person that takes his place. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want that. I just either stay with him or break up with him now. I do not give a fuck about this man. Like end it now. I Mm. hate this shit. I don't want to watch it be dragged out. But then I couldn't believe, even as much as I wanted that, then the start of episode two, she was FaceTiming him like, hey, did you arrive in Paris like we organised? And he's like, actually, babe, I'm leaving you. I can't deal with you being off without me. How dare you get a job? I'm a man. Come back to Chicago. And then he, like, breaks up with her, like, in the space of, like, 30 seconds. And I was like, this is his second scene. And she moves on. She's done with it. It makes no sense that he'd visit her after her being there for a week. Exactly. Yeah. I guess the only believable thing is that she doesn't have any friends. (laughs) But then even the way that she meets her two friends, the girl who's a nanny. Yes. Why are they always meeting at the same spot? Those kids always playing at the fountain. It makes no sense. And it's 100%... You can see the vibes because it's written by the people who wrote Sex in the City and it's yes. got that same thing how all the other women that surround Carrie, Carrie just seizes these like accessories to herself like mm. and like Ashley Park's character who is the reason that I started watching Emily in Paris. She was Gretchen in yes. Mean Girls, the musical. Yeah. Tony Award nominated for oh, her role as Gretchen. Yeah, yeah, so I'm obsessed with her and that kind of got me into the show. And so it was kind of annoying to see her like relegated to the role of sassy best friend that is just constantly like, let me tell you everything about Paris and let me invite you to parties, but I'm also like just a B character and I'll never get my own story. Mm. It was so weird. I feel like they introduced her story and then just left. 
Yeah. And it's like, who who makes friends like that? I've literally never made a friend. Okay, actually, I have made friends. I've never me. made a friend. <laughs> I've never <laughs> made a friend by being like, oh, let me help you buy these flowers. Yes. What? And that, that was gay, though. Let's be real. Yeah, there is some gay. sapphic vibes going on between mm-hmm. those two. But also, apparently, I haven't watched the end of it, but apparently no threesome happens. <laughs> Between the downstairs neighbor, his girlfriend, yeah. and yes. Emily. It just makes sense. It's French, menage yeah. à trois. It's like yeah. 100%. the perfect thing, and apparently it doesn't happen. There are so many times where we think that they're suggesting it. There are so many times where Camille is like, I want to say something to you. Sorry, that was yeah. a really <laughs> shit French accent. <laughs> and I think, I don't know, spoiler alert, although who fucking cares, but there is a moment where, like, I think it's pretty early on where Emily kisses him. She also kissed Camille, like, when they first met, and they had yes. that, like, all accidentally. Yeah. And I think that's them sowing the seed from the very get-go that yeah. but then there's the seed an energy there. goes nowhere. It's like, goes she's nowhere. like, I oh, hate to I'm sorry. You. And then she's like, I'm not. <laughs> See you at the party. <laughs> True. I hope they're not queer-baiting us. I'm going to be so fucking mad if they are. Like, mm. they better have a full-on lesbian sex scene at the start of season two, or I'm walking. <laughs> <laughs> also that moment when she meets that client and he's like if you please men or women if you please yes um with the thing and then she's like oh i please men and it's like oh i didn't mean to say that but it's such a trip of the tongue that would, that would never happen yeah she's i also don't believe she's ever had sex I, don't, yeah. I think she thinks she has, but I don't think she's ever touched anyone. <laughs> yeah. There's that scene where she starts to masturbate, and then the second that she touches herself, all the lights in the building explode. That's when it should have like turned left and been a story of a woman who, whenever she touches herself, the power goes out. Yeah. And <laughs> that her frustrations with that cause her to dress with little hats everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do want a bucket hat, though. Oh, the bucket hat is forgivable. It's, yeah. it's, it's not the hat themselves it's the hats on the person yeah yeah i'm gonna go and say i actually like the fashion i really love that <laughs> so sorry that um green leathery like dr- it looked like dragon scale kind of iridescent a jacket she had where she had like green and then she had like the purple necktie mm-hmm. i was like oh it's kind of daphne from scooby-doo vibes this is very mm. true this is very true it did remind me of gossip girl a thousand percent her take on feminism as well is very mm. funny. They, and they kind of don't really bring it back to that at all. It's just her first interaction with the French people is like, they want to have this naked lady. And then Europeans oh have God. never heard of feminism. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the boss is like, I'm not a feminist. I'm a woman. Yeah, I'm just a woman <laughs> who's running this multi-million dollar corporation, Emily. It's like, who would like... Charlie, that French accent <laughs> is diabolical. <laughs> 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 it's better than half the cast let's be yeah, no, no. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah actually do you think the cast is french or do you think that americans putting on the french accent oh my god well this is the thing there's been so many french people and journalists come out like scathing about this show being like these people are not french we do not own them we do not own this show the <gasps> show is terrible and shame on these actors for being attached to this production <laughs> <gasps> Uh, I don't think Camille's French. Camille sounds like Scandinavian to me. Like, she's got a little twang in her accent that I'm not sure about. And also, the characters speak English to each other when Emily isn't yeah. there. 
Mm, it makes no sense. But then the subtitles, which I always have on, I love watching things with subtitles. Same. Um, like she's at that party, for example, and she says hi to someone and then that person meets their friend and they to- start talking to each other. But the subtitles are still all in French. But yeah, I read it and I was like, okay, I understand it because I learned French growing up. But my girlfriend was just like watching it. I don't think she really cared about yeah. what they said to each other. But I was like, oh, by the way, they were just talking about X, Y, Z. And she's like, obviously doesn't give a shit. But I mm. think it would help make it more immersive. Yeah, immersive. Well, I hope that as the seasons go on, Emily actually starts to properly speak French. <laughs> like that would be very satisfying <laughs> as an arc, but I highly doubt it will happen. Mm. I don't think Lily T- Collins has the time. Gem your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that Darren Star needs to write for Darren Star's audience, which is like gays. Like just yeah. write a story for you about you. Stop getting younger and younger. Stop trying to make Carrie again. You, you say that Jordan but here are three gays living <laughs> for Emily in Paris <laughs> well that's the thing like it's very interesting because it's it's it definitely falls into that category of like shows I hate watch and do you guys do that a lot yeah I love a hate watch it's the only thing that gives me joy <laughs> <laughs> like nothing gives me joy like a hate watch like warrior nun was a hate yeah. watch for me um, high school musical the musical the series started as a hate watch for me and then i mm-hmm. learned to love it yeah it is really interesting because like my housemate alex he can get into reality tv shows because he loves them and this is a, a cis straight man i've met one and yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't like especially when he'd come in while we're all watching emily in paris in the living room or something else that I'm like like the bold type as well I hate watch that which is they kept pitching it as the next sex in the city and it is <laughs> horrific <laughs> it's like the, the trouble with Emily in Paris and if you guys haven't seen the bold type then you don't have this to compare to but maybe the listeners will the trouble with Emily in Paris is it is just Jane but with no other friends it's just one the most annoying character of the trio of friends living her life <laughs> <laughs> the worst element I wouldn't wish anything else it's been such a gift to us in these times Mm, i feel like every week when i log into netflix there's a different thing trending at number one and each week it's equally cringeworthy and horrible and i'm like i have to watch that except for this week we've all i know been watching deaf you which has been awesome yeah that's sick that's really good i've only seen one episode so far have you seen more i've seen i think i'm almost done i think i've seen all episodes bar the last one. Mm-hmm. I just put it on at the end of a night and thinking like, oh, I'll just watch one before bed. And I ended up staying up until like 3am watching it because I was just <laughs> gripped at, to the television. Like it's so interesting to see how there's different ways of communicating amongst deaf people, but also like things about like hierarchy. Like they sort of go into it in episode two onwards. I'm not sure if you guys will have seen this yet but about like generational deafness and how there's this thing about like elite deaf families who've been deaf for uh, decades Mm. and they're seen in deaf communities as like the, you know, the top dogs and they can judge deaf people or deaf families who commingle with hearing families or that sort Mm. of stuff because Mm. it's like they're losing their culture almost if they cater to hearing audiences. And one of the Mm. girls in the series, she's a YouTuber And she's making videos. It's like her and her gay best friend, like trying on clothes and talking about fashion. It's really cute. 
But a group of girls from the elite deaf circle are watching this video and they're all kind of hating on her because they're saying she's mouthing, as she's signing, she's mouthing really exaggerated lip movements. And they're like, that's for hearing people to kind of signpost where she is at in each sentence, that sort of thing. And they're Mm -hmm. like, I don't like that she's trying to cater to a hearing viewer. That's why Mm -hmm. she's got so many followers. And so like, they're all pissed off with her for doing that. But she's just kind of like, hey, I, I don't want to have to be, like, a deaf representative. I just want to be a YouTuber, like, yeah. and I just happen to be deaf. Like, mm. don't make me have to take up the platform if I don't want it. So she's just doing her thing. And I found it just really interesting and fascinating to see, like, how that went down. And also when they explain how there's, you know, varying levels of deafness, which is something I was always aware of. I, like, know some people have hearing in one ear, some he- people have limited hearing in both ears or have implants or hearing aids but I guess just seeing how some of the cast only sign or sign and speak or when they explain that when you cuddle and you want to chat you have to like stop cuddling and my heart was like oh my god I never even thought about that yeah that is like such a thing when you're of hearing that you take for granted and that you don't realize also not everyone being able to lip read and that Mm. kind of being a almost a different skill or language in itself that not each of them has and how when you don't speak for a while you might kind of forget how to speak things like that that just totally opened my mind Mm. yeah it was really interesting because it's like it's that thing where the culture that I've consumed and even like the deaf people that I've met and my primary school that I went to had an Auslan like community there so we had quite a few deaf students there which was pretty cool just having that experience because otherwise I don't think I would have met deaf people until much later in my life but we're not exposed to deaf people in relation to other deaf people like Mm. It's either like an inspirational movie with some kind of, you know, hearing hero as opposed to just like people living their lives. And I think that's why, Jeff, you like, it's so good to see this. It's so good. And, and it, I mean, it's the same with any story, but we need to see people in relation to like their own communities because otherwise we just think of like the extremes and stuff like that. Mm. It's very easy for everybody to assume that one side is all one thing. And that's not it. I don't know if you guys have been feeling this, but it kind of almost reminds me of queerness in a way Mm. because it's this not technically visible element to a Mm. person that crosses all like manner of, you know, some people are just born that way and it just is how things are and there's, you know, everything's on a spectrum and it's such an interesting melting pot of people. But they're all connected by this one thing that is a bonding experience and a communication-based one as well. Mm. It's so fascinating. Yeah, because I think it's also like there's shared experiences and commonalities, especially amongst queer people, but like the queer community. (laughs) Yeah, at the LGBTQ community. (laughs) (laughs) We say thank you to Brittany. (laughs) Some of the best nights of my life. Oh, my God. The, yeah, here in the community at the centre, the RSL. <laughs> the YMCA. The RSL. Here at Paran Pool. Um, we, yeah. <laughs> but it's like... Wait on Wellington. Yeah, exactly. Well, even like my partner and I, we live south side and it's it's very picturesque here and, and nice, but we're going to move west or potentially north, probably west though, because mm-hmm. we're like, there's not enough queer women here. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like we're like... 
there's a lot of what I call South Side gays, which is like no hate, but it's usually cis men mm. who go to Fitness First eight days a week. <laughs> and they look amazing. And they look amazing. And I'm like, this is great. And I'm happy for you. And this is your community. And now I need to find my other community center. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yesterday, my girlfriend and I went for a walk and we were kind of talking about that because a lot of couples were out, you know, it was a nice day holding hands and, you know, we're holding hands and walking. And then we saw three women with short hair and singlets. Yes. And we knew they were lesbians. <laughs> And then, you know, we're sort of talking about why is it that there's so few of us here? And then I guess got talking about how apparently like one in 10 people is gay. Mm. But in some suburbs, it feels like it's maybe one in three. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then in some suburbs, it's like one in 20. Yeah. Yeah. One in 20. And like I definitely feel more aligned and at home in places where it's like, Mm. I'm maybe one of five in Fitzroy. I definitely get gayer when I enter certain suburbs as well. Like Mm. whenever I go and do a a gig in the North, (laughs) I'm just like, (laughs) I have arrived children. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. It is, yeah, it's very interesting. And you kind of don't realise what what bubble you're in until you start hanging out with the heads. Mm-hmm. It's like turning on free-to-air TV in Australia because that is head culture. Mm. <laughs> and, that's, yeah. and that's why I don't have a TV. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of head culture on TV, I've been watching The Bachelorette this week, which just started with the two sisters. Okay, tell me, what is this? Is this Australian or was this American? No, it's Australian. So the second last season of The Bachelor, there was Ellie, who's like the sweet country girl. You know, she's the typical kind of blonde bombshell, but like she's like down to earth because she's like a bogan. (laughs) And she was a fan fave that got eliminated far too early. And now I'm 100% sure that the reason they had that scandalous elimination is so that we felt bad for her because they knew that she was going to be eventually... Back. The, the, the bachelorette so they wanted yeah. us to kind of like love her ahead of time mm-hmm. but it's her and her sister who's also really lovely but interestingly her sister's very introverted and really like down to earth and sweet and i was saying to josh it's been so refreshing watching actually because usually the bachelor or the bachelorette is a really like photogenic tv model mm, charismatic yeah because they're essentially a host of this show and you really need to be that kind of personality to do that. And so because of that, the relationships that you're watching unfold are often pretty performative and Instagrammy mm. and that kind of stuff. But because Ellie is that, but her sister is not, and her sister's like a legitimate, like lovely soul, it seems, her scenes with the men that are into her are actually like truly beautiful. And she's having these really lovely, authentic connections with them. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Guys that like are getting me emotional and I'm like two episodes in and I'm like, this is unheard of on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Like, I can't believe it. Are you saying that the men aren't all trash? <laughs> yes, I am saying that. <laughs> Are they like some sweet, yes. kind Aussie man? Yes, there's this really lovely Maori guy. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he calls himself Mozzie because he's half Maori, half Aussie. Oh, I thought that was his nickname. And I was yeah, like, yeah. that's in Mosquito? <laughs> he loves bugs. He loves <laughs> sucking blood. Oh, yeah. oh, great. Well, come see me in two weeks. <laughs> but they have a really lovely vibe and like they get really giggly on their dates. And it's getting me kind of like giving me that sort of high school energy of like, ooh. Like they're dating oh and like I'm, I'm actually really into it. And then because all the men are, theoretically can date both girls, but they seem to be really dividing it up into like wh- who are you interested in and mm. that's that. All of the like buff kind of buffoony guys are going for Ellie and then all the like gentle sweet guys are naturally more into Becky. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the TV show gets all of its kind of fun, sexy dates but it also now gets its sweet romantic ones. So as someone who thought that this format would be absolute trash, I'm actually a bit of a convert at the moment, but I'm two episodes in. So let's see, let's see how things go. Give it some time. I might get into it because this sounds really sweet. I was like, maybe I will watch a summary of this on YouTube. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think when I heard about this, I was like, they all date sisters. Mm. I don't know. Mm. It seems fucking weird. I'd be weirded out if my brothers and I were dating the same women. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god Jordan <laughs> I definitely that has definitely crossed my mind you know when I was dating and because I'm I guess I'm bi but like my setting before I was dating my girlfriend was always just on women but I was like a lot of these women would have both men and women on and what if my ex was also on the same dating app and we're like matching with the same people <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> You probably did. There's like a sketch in this somehow. (laughs) Speaking of sisters dating the same guy, I don't know what's happened to me this week, but I am knee deep in Princess Di content. (laughs) I can't stop. I'm consuming documentaries, podcasts, watching like little interviews. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know what it is. But did you know that Charles dated her sister and her? No. No, she has a sister. Yeah, Princess Di, spoiler alert, is no longer with us, but the sister and, like, her oldest sister was dating Princess Charles because Charles, get this, 12 years older than Princess Di. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff that we missed because we were, like, so young. Yeah. She died in, like, 97. We were, like, tiny. Yeah. Aurelia, you were probably not born. Yeah. (laughs) I was a toddler. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) But there's a lot of stuff that we missed. Like, I just didn't know that basically that Charles was known as a bachelor for, like, ages Mm. and he was just dating all these women, including Camilla. But he basically had to go for this young girl. She was 18. 19 when they got engaged and then she was 20 when they got married. Mm. The reason he had to go for someone quite young is because he had to find a virgin. And, like, at a certain point, he was like, oh, I'm 31, none of my friends are virgins. Is this, like, a known thing? Like, he made it known that he was looking for It was, like, unsaid, but then I think, like, they started saying it. And then people started questioning her 
virginity because she didn't really have any ex-boyfriends or anything. So mm. people had to like vouch for her virginity. And there's like interviews and stuff where her like what her dad fuck? and other people like <gasps> vouching for her virginity. Yuck. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, yeah, this is my daughter. And if I locked her in our room, so <laughs> nobody's touched her in 18 years, she's been under my roof. Like yeah. what the fuck? Daddy says she's tight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at some point it was obviously removed because... Kate, I don't think, was a virgin. And neither no. would Megan have been. Yeah. You know, Megan's not a virgin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think because of what happened with Princess Di and the wedding being such, and the marriage being such a disaster, that they yeah. were like... Virgins can't cop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally and figuratively. <laughs> but I think it was like a case, like even in the 80s, it was like out like outrageous to be like let's find a virgin yeah because so so like imagine trying to do that in like 2020 yeah 2010 no 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 but um <laughs> no i'm happy for them i think that princess Di saved that royal family in terms of like like image yeah and yeah. she had to pay for that with her life truly mm. but it is like scary especially when everybody was ripping into megan and harry leaving the family but i'm like what does that even mean like who cares yeah i would love to like if like they literally killed his mom and yeah i'm sure both boys love their dad even though he seems you know low-key problematic but mm. i don't know like my mom passed away when i was a teenager as well and um, i'm not close with my dad but even if i was the parent that dies is the one you love most in yeah. most cases <laughs> because they're, they're gone like everything that parent has done for you means so much more yeah. yeah, and they get sentimentalized. Mm, exactly, and like just imagine seeing like every year, or every time it hits like a milestone of it being like twenty years since she's died, or like however long it might be. It feels like there's like a new magazine that just has fifty articles about how great she was. Mm, and just yeah. imagine seeing that every year, and then seeing the criticism your wife now gets that's so similar to what your mother got. And mm. fuck, you you definitely leave that. Like, yeah. it makes it makes sense to me. Absolutely. And they're going to lose their standing. Like that family is going to lose their standing unless they adapt to the Mm. changing world. Well, they've been hooking up with um, Daddy Attenborough on Instagram. I've noticed. Did you see the, (laughs) did you see the like Skype between the kids? Yes. It was actually kind of cute. I haven't seen it. it. Is it Prince Will's kids? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I love that. It's so cute. What's your favorite animal? (laughs) Sir David. (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny because i'm like obviously not a monarchist i don't i think that it's ridiculous that they exist it's it's all it's like comical at this point but at the same time i fucking love queen liz yeah (laughs) she's great so you're like anti the republic you don't want us to separate from the commonwealth (laughs) (laughs) jordan's like I'm actually a monarchist. I think that Australia should bend the knee yeah. to Elizabeth. No, I'm definitely for a republic, but I also love the royal family the same way I love Emily in Paris. Put it that way. Yeah. So you would die for the I would die for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I saw this thing this week about there's been talk of Western Australia becoming its own 
country, like separate from Australia. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. I think Australia is too big. I don't know if I've said this to you guys before, but we were bold. We were too bold with our country sizes. America, too big. Russia, too big. Make it small. Bring back small countries. Yeah, make mm. it like Europe. Like yeah. Make Victoria and New South Make every state its own country. Mm. I would love that. What would be our national dish in Victoria? A gentrified soup of some kind. (laughs) I wouldn't hate it being different country. Yeah. Would you guys run for PM? I've actually (laughs) thought about running for the first time in my life this week because we had our like local election. Like they sent out all the little ballots and my boyfriend, I was like, oh, can you do it for me? (laughs) Like, (laughs) look, I don't want to be like that person that's like, I'm not political because I am political, but like, I just hate forms. I cannot fucking <laughs> deal with it. Like, I, I'll campaign, I'll protest, I'll do all that shit, but I cannot do forms. So I got him to do it for me. And then, like, before he submitted them, he's like, oh, do you want to, like, check yours over? And I was like, yeah, all right. So I had a look at it. And I noticed that he'd, like, voted high on both of our ballots for this, like, local twink. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what's with this? <laughs> what's up? What's going on here? Can you let us know who the local twink is? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll forward you his, his, his deets. His campaign. But, but basically he voted for, like, women of colour first, mm-hmm. then, like, white women, and then the twink. And I was like, mm, okay. He's like, it Hierarchy. still came after all the women. And I was like, yeah, but... I'm just interested in that. So, like, anyway, (laughs) I made a tweet that was like, I'm not the jealous type, but after this I will be running for local (laughs) government. There are two twinks in this ward. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think the money is good, like, running? No, it would be deplorable. Oh, my God, so shit. Would I still have to work in a fucking call centre and then manage the local council? Yeah. Guys, what would your party name be? And what would your policies be? My party name would be House of St. Clair. <laughs> yes. House H-A-U-S. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then I'd be running a campaign like the drag queens in season 12. Oh, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> Look over there. <laughs> Great. You could make like even do make it fun. Be like, look over there, progress. (laughs) (laughs) I um, I don't know what mine would be. Mine would be like yours would be. I would die for Queen Liz, (laughs) (laughs) the Commonwealth of Jordan. (laughs) Oh my god, that sounds like a young adult novel. Oh my god, yeah, that sounds really good. I'll just wear like a ginger wig and that, like, yeah, it's like United States of Tara, but it's the Commonwealth of Jordan. (laughs) Do you remember the TikTok where it's like I would die for Pakistan? I love that TikTok. What is it? Ah, it was like viral a few weeks ago, but I think it was like some kind of campaign, political campaign in Pakistan, and these like young teenagers came up and were talking about the things they wanted to achieve, and one of them just said I would die for Pakistan but in such a like I can't do it Jordan try try replicating it but am I am I explaining it correctly that, that's what it was yes right? it was um, I actually got the backstory on that woman so she's this woman and she was like in the videos it just looks like this woman is running some kind of thing at a school that's like about nationalism in Pakistan and like these kids come up and some of them are like like it's like what do you want to be when you grow up but obviously everybody's like you have to say something and one guy's like I want to clean Pakistan and she's like yes great she just keeps saying great she's like great and then she like <laughs> ho- like literally like 
shoves them out of the way and the next kid comes up. She doesn't look them in the eyes. She's just holding this microphone to their face. All the kids are peeking, so forgive me, listener, but they're like, I would die for Pakistan. (laughs) 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 And one of them is like, my favorite one was like when when they threaten India because obviously there's a like rich history of, you know, Pakistan's a relatively new country as well and it was born because they wanted to be independent to India, used to be part of it. So obviously they have a tense history there and these kids are saying that (laughs) that will destroy India and then all these (laughs) Indians on TikTok are like, oh my God. (laughs) Like funny, they're being funny. It was just, it's so good. I just sent a compilation to our group chat so you can watch it later. Yes, I'll enjoy that afterwards. But the backstory for that woman is that this footage is actually from like five, six years ago. Kids who went to that school are like, I went there, I'm this guy. And they just... (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, this woman was like actually like charged with propaganda. <laughs> she like tried to oh, because she was really in with a political party and like also became the principal of this school. And they used to have these assemblies whenever she wanted where everybody would just have to like claim their love for Pakistan. Wow. And like all these kids are like, yeah, that was me. And they're like, they're all normal and, and like <laughs> – <laughs> like human adults now but they're like yeah that's me saying i would die for back <laughs> it sounds so radical it does <laughs> but really it's just like normal looking sweet kids and like yes. yeah pedestrian looking kids <laughs> it's so funny and some of them are like some of them are going off and then others are like i want to be a teacher <laughs> <laughs> oh Oh, it's good. But I hope she's going well. Speaking of campaigning, did you guys watch the Kamala Harris, Mike Pence vice presidential debate? No, I shielded myself from it, but I have seen The Fly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I watched the highlights on YouTube. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch it either, but I have seen (laughs) The Fly. So I am completely informed about current day politics in America. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely felt like a good omen that Fly could have landed on Kamala and I think right-wing media would have had a ball with it mm. but it didn't and mm. it like just stands out and has like stark white hair so much yeah and it's also like you know how people are like birds aren't real they're <laughs> <laughs> R- little yeah. robots they're, they're robots sent by the government yeah. now I'm starting to think it's actually flies yeah it's like Rita Skeeter in Harry Potter the journalist that's like getting all the tea <laughs> oh my god speaking of I used to think that the when people say bugged as in like putting microphones and recording devices in people's homes. I remember Nicole Kidman's house got bugged <laughs> when I was growing up and I thought that they had that it was like a Rita Skeeter moment. I thought that they had like actual Little, little bugs. bugs, like ladybugs coming in. With cameras house. on them. Yeah, like recording her <laughs> conversation. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine trying to teach all these insects like and then you you go and you you listen to Nicole Kidman and what's his name? Tom Cruise. Oh was my that, god, yes. Like and when what timeline was this? Who was she married to? I think this was like when her and Keith Urban just started dating. Keith Urban, that's it. But it would have been like a bit after Tom Cruise. Um I wanna I want Nicole Kidman to release her tell all. Like, yeah. please. Oh, my God. Speaking of Nicole Kidman, I wanted to tell you guys. So Nicole Kidman has been cast in this musical movie, which is coming out in December, that's directed by Ryan Murphy called The Prom. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it was on Broadway a couple of years ago. 
and nominated for the Tony. And I actually haven't got into it until this week because of Meryl Streep and the guy from Key and Peele and a couple other Broadway stars. Oh my God. I was like, I should get into this. So I like listened to the soundtrack and like, it's very kitsch and very like, it's not anything new on a musical level, but it's based on the true story of this lesbian girl in um, I think Missouri in America, she invited her girlfriend to her prom and the school who was really homophobic told her that she couldn't come to the prom if she was bringing a girl. And the girl and her family like tried to sue the school board and it was deemed that it was like violating her first amendment rights. So rather than having to deal with that, the school just canceled the prom entirely. And was like, fuck, we're not going to have a prom at all for anyone. And then by that point, it had started to become a bit of a viral thing that everyone was talking about it. And all these celebrities like uh, Green Day and Lance Bass and a couple other significant people started to like donate money towards what they called a second chance prom that was specifically for LGBT kids in like middle America. And they put on this celebrity funded queer prom. So it's a musical that is about that story of these like actors down on their luck that kind of come to this small town in Indiana. They reset it and help this lesbian girl get her formal and get her dance with her girlfriend. That is really cute. That makes me want to cry. Yeah, I can't <laughs> I'm like, wait. I'm tearing up just like thinking about this. <laughs> yeah, it. It is very that. And like the songs are, as I said, like they're nothing new, but it definitely gave me the feels. And I can imagine like seeing it live because like obviously the big finale of act two is they get to have this second chance from, and all of these gay couples are finally getting their dance in Aww. you know the middle of Indiana. And it's really just beautiful and exciting. And so I'm so thrilled that that's coming to something big like Netflix because it's one thing for like Broadway to have that but for Netflix to be having it with these big names like Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman and that kind of stuff mm. it's like oh this is exciting to have when such is that a getting released Christmas oh I can't I can't wait to have like a gay storyline with a happy ending yes yeah, exactly yeah. it's so rare it's always like someone dies they mm-hmm. go they go their separate ways yeah absolutely and ryan murphy the director who obviously created glee and that kind of stuff he said that the reason he was so adamant to direct this movie is because he was from indiana oh. and he didn't get to take a same-sex partner to his prom and he ended up taking a girl instead and so it's kind of this cathartic thing so there's this like intergenerational thing about like the gays who didn't get to experience it passing on Aww. their like well wishes to the next generation. And yeah, it gets me really excited and emotional and like it's really mm. beautiful. It's still like people think it, it was so long ago that that stuff happened, but I went to my formal with a girl and I had to like register it. Did you? But I, I didn't, like, I went with my friend. Like, it, it was kind of hilarious upon reflection of being like, I wasn't really bothered that people had to go with a boy. I was like, I don't really care. I'll just go with my friend. That's mm. some gay energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody's freaking out. And I was like, I'm actually fine with it. I remember the, I only got annoyed because people kept checking in, being like, are you sure you're okay? You're just going with a friend. And I was like, yeah, fuck off. Like, anyway, but um, there were two girl-on-girl couples going, um, <laughs> me and my friend, and then another girl who was also in our friendship group going with a girl who, like, had to move overseas, but she was coming back around the time of our formal, and she'd been at the same school as us since year seven. So I was like, oh, I'll just invite you as my date or whatever. But we had to actually, like, go to my head of house 
needed to like check with us and was like, what's your relationship status? Oh God. Yeah, we had And that. I was like, are you kidding me? They wouldn't let you go if you were a couple? Yeah. The other thing was it was pretty easy for Emma and I because we went to the same school and everybody else, if you wanted to bring a date from another school, that was absolutely fine to do that. And the other girls, you couldn't invite someone from another school who was the same sex. Yeah, same with us. That that was yeah. how they managed to, because that is their covert way of mm. excluding gays because the optic is that if you had, if you, even if you t- were to take another boy from our school, yeah. at least they could just say like, oh, that's just two boys without dates. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I get it now. But if it's from another school, then that is distinctly like you have brought this boy along. So we weren't allowed. No one was allowed to bring dates that that were male. And a couple of my friends missed out on formal because of it. So, yeah. Oh, I hate that so much. Because mm. also a lot of teenagers just who go through all of their high school without being in a relationship. Yep. Or there's maybe like something, but like it doesn't really turn into anything. And just the fact that even before you're like entering the world after graduation, you're expected to make a relationship that's romantic or sexual or something. And I feel like it also just growing up, there was like a big portion for me when I, even as I was going through puberty where I wasn't really feeling like sexual, I was like almost feeling asexual um, because I didn't Mm. have any experience, but also just forcing that upon like, oh, you know, we have this great event where you can dance and you can have fun. But the premise of it is that you need to come with someone of the opposite gender yeah. and someone that you could be in a relationship yeah. with. And abide by our rules. Exactly. And abide by exactly these rules to make, yeah, it's just, it makes me really angry. Yeah. And it is really like, it's like we've fucked with your um, expression of your sexuality and your expression of gender. And we've told you not to have PDA and not to do all this stuff, but you actually do need to bring someone from the opposite. Like you need to have a date here mm-hmm. and you need to have this like, yeah. And whereas like, I remember being like, I, I ended up having a great night and I genuinely factor that in because a lot of people are like, oh, the formals are let down, blah, 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 in the lead up to it. They're like, oh, you just kind of spend so long trying to look hot and then you get there and it's like, blah, you're done. <laughs> but we had a really good night and I think it's because <laughs> most of my male friends were gay at school. So if anyone did go on a date with someone, it was uh, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it was it was also I attributed a lot of that to the fact that I didn't worry about having a date because Mm. it was Mm. such a big thing and whether or not it would have made a huge difference I still think that you can't like you're so right Aurelia it's just so unfair it's so weird it's such a psycho thing to do Mm. (laughs) upon reflection (laughs) to be like 17 year olds who hate themselves now go find someone (laughs) and if you don't if you don't good luck (laughs) Mm. yeah have you heard charlie of the second chance formals in in melbourne in australia yeah there's similar stuff i remember like the year after i finished school there was a um like it used to be run by iq do you remember iq Mm. it was like the young and it was like run by minus 18 or minus 21 which is the lgbt support network for young people specifically in australia and they would run like young events i know that they had formals and that sort of stuff because one of my friends he came out in year 12 and the school pulled him aside and basically said like you need to go back in the closet because you've got to save that till uni because you're a prefect and it makes the school values look compromised and when he refused to do that, they just kept badgering him. And this was coming from the head of student welfare. She was the one sitting him down and saying like, you know, you need to calm your farm. Mm-hmm. And eventually the deputy 
headmaster one-on-one sat my friend down and said to him point blank, we don't have fags at this school. Ah, holy shit. Yeah. So he left in the middle of our year 12 and he'd been there for 13 years. So like he'd done junior school and secondary school and was a prefect. And so this had a really huge impact on our friendship circle who were the gays. And it was such a very clear like message to all of us, like don't come out. Yeah. Mm. You know, we don't want our year 12 affected in the way that happened to him. Like, so I remember he and his boyfriend at the time ended up going to the minus 18 formal Mm. and that sort of thing. And so I remember hearing about that. And so there are events that exist Mm. and hopefully there's not a need for them going forward Mm, that as in this musical, that things open up and that people start to change their mind about it and that we have inclusive environments at schools. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a really cool thing. And it's also really nice as well. I always get excited when there's young gay women <laughs> and portrayed in TV and film. I get well. excited by young gay women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck. That's the pull quote. There we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no talking about like that though like have you seen ratchet on netflix no, no. I because that's gay but old see i also i i just love anything gay is that sarah yeah. paulson <laughs> yes yeah i mean she's gay anything mm. she touches is gay yeah oh yeah yeah Should we do our Queer and A for this week? Yes. Yes. This week we've got one from Parvati from Port Melbourne who says there's this girl at uni that i have a huge crush on I know she has feelings for me too, but she's just come out of a rocky relationship. How long should I wait before making a move? I am bad with this one because I would just uh, go for it. (laughs) You beat that shoulder for her to cry on and then... And then? And the rest rest is history. And then you'd be that pussy for her to cry on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Isn't that the thing of like you have to get under someone to get over someone yeah yeah i guess you just have to decide whether you want to be the rebound or whether you want to be yeah the new partner i'm interested to hear how do you guys make moves what are your moves <laughs> <laughs> i don't know because i feel like when especially when i was dating i i used apps a lot which i didn't hate or like i would meet someone at a party really randomly and then they would message me later i feel like every time i've like gone on a date we know it's a date Mm. Whereas, like, maybe in other times, the only times I've ever, like, come onto someone is just at, like, an after. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm going to vomit. At oh. an after party. At- oh, god. <laughs> oh, my God. A musical after party, no doubt. Yeah, where there's, like, tension is all, like, you know, a, a work. it's the same as a work Christmas party. Like, tension is built up over yeah. time mm. in little ways. I've never seen so much fucking than I have at a musical after party. It's disgusting. Yeah, everyone hooks up. It's insane. <laughs> it's the final night of comedy festival. You know what I mean? Like you kind yeah. of like you build up to it. And I don't know. Obviously, there's moves along the way, but it's like very subtle. I'd probably say I bully them. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, <laughs> I yeah, I really don't know how to like give advice for this particular thing of like being friends with someone and already knowing them. You know, it's a good situation to be in because like you already know her, you know, mm. she's into you, like all the cards are stacked in your favor. My typical move when I feel like this, it's been a few dates or maybe it's a first date. And you know, that moment when you're like almost kissing, but like nobody quite makes a move. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is super common with two women because 
women can we can be so like gentle and there's all those memes of like literally lesbians not getting hints yeah you know yes. you know that's why it's like yeah she asked me to spit in her mouth and step on her neck do you think she's into me <laughs> <laughs> and then just be like oh i think she's just a friend yeah truly <laughs> just two girls <laughs> hanging out <laughs> i have a <laughs> but I generally just say, can I kiss you? Yeah. And oh the answer God. is like 10 times out of 10 people say yes. It always works. So go with yeah. the, can I kiss you? And then make out and yeah. yeah. And it's almost like if you, like if this were like a, a fleeting moment where you're like, if I don't make this move, I might never see this person again. Like, if, <laughs> no. but if you're already friends and you're hanging out, it almost makes the wait hotter if you're like, yeah, it's too soon, it's too soon. And then when it finally happens, if you give it like another couple yeah. weeks or months like, or whatever. From the sounds of things, like these girls are going to fuck. So like just enjoy the slow build. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Um, I know I know that the lesbians like to rush, but yeah. try <laughs> <laughs> see how you go i am such a terrible flirt like i don't have i don't have moves you know what i mean like i remember at school or like at uni when i would have feelings for a guy or just have a crush on a guy i would just ignore him completely <laughs> did, did that work no it did not <laughs> i think because like i i don't know like i i wouldn't know how to handle these feelings so i try and look indifferent to them like yeah. i didn't want them to know that they had power over me but in doing so i'd just be like a little shithead <laughs> <laughs> i used to to like overcompensate for how confused i was about my sexuality if i had somewhat of a crush on a boy i would make it the biggest deal and i would talk about it openly all the time and i would actually like bully them with how much i liked them like <laughs> i remember there was this like my friend had like a dinner for his like 19th birthday and he's queer but he has like jockey friends yeah i think i freaked them <laughs> this is one poor boy um his name's dylan hi dylan if you're listening he's not i <laughs> i remember getting there and be like dylan i'm gonna sit next to you because one day we're gonna be fucking married and it's gonna be beautiful and then i like spent the whole dinner like and it was a joke <gasps> and i was doing it i was playing for the laughs it was for the bit it became this thing where like i would just be like each time i went to one of these gatherings with these straight men i would like pick one and i would like just like overcompensate for how much i like didn't really want to fuck them <laughs> <laughs> Also, Aurelia, you were talking about how, like, uh, what did you say? Step on it, <laughs> step on my neck, oh, and my spit in my mouth. <laughs> Am I gay? <laughs> <laughs> Kayla and I have this story of during the comedy festival a few years ago. We, she gave me a lift home from the pub with a couple of uh, with Honor, who's now my housemate, um, and her friend Pat. And in the car ride, like, I was being like, I thought I was being like really obvious. And then we like got to my house and Pat and Anna stayed over and like we're walking up the stairs and I was like, you should make your move. She's definitely into you. And I was like, I think I made it very clear that I was into her. And like was like, oh, that's amazing. Now Kayla and I are going to hook up. And Kayla remembers that as the loneliest and most depressing drive home because she was like, it's unrequited love. We will never be together. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. What did you do? <laughs> I've just got this image of like drunk Jordan, like leaning over the front seat, just like, hey, Kayla. <laughs> Jordan's like, it was, I was really clear. I was really, 
I made my feelings known. Uh, just like a rattly breath, being like, yeah, yeah, you like this neighborhood? You're like, so you want to come up for some coffee? Yeah. It was like, does she like me? Oh my god, that's uh, very funny. Well, I hope that helped you, Pavati. I hope that yeah. So just maybe let her mourn the old relationship a little bit. Let her go on the apps and be disappointed by the options out there, and then swoop in, swoop in there and get that pussy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Good times. Mm. Well, this has been a lovely. <laughs> <laughs> It has been lovely. I really enjoyed trash talking Emily in Paris. I enjoy nothing more. Mm, love to hate watch. Mm-hmm. We do. I'm going to watch The Bachelorette. I'm going to catch up. So next week we can talk about that. Nice. Um, and I would implore you to watch the um, the Dolly documentary this week. I really want to. It's mm. really good. Oh, well, I haven't seen it. I've only yeah. seen the trailer. <laughs> But you're not wrong. I can tell. (laughs) Alrighty, guys. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at popgayspod. And if you like this episode, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. And remember, be gay. (laughs) Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 